And it is 8.03 here on this uh, Monday. Good to have you here with us. And uh, 129 days, that's all we have had so far, of the Ford government. And already it's shuffling its cabinet, among other things that we've learned. Because we did learn on Friday that longtime Conservative MPP Jim Wilson suddenly resigned his post as Minister of Economic Development for what we assumed was addiction issues. And then... It came out of nowhere because the minister, as you'll recall, was out with Premier Ford that morning unveiling signs in Sarnia. And that was late Friday night. So we learn over the weekend that Mr. Wilson is, in fact, accused of sexual misconduct by uh, a male staffer. Those are allegations. And I'm told that he's gone to rehab. So we'll wait and find out if there's any more information. But then we learn also at the same time is that a top staffer in the premier's office has also been let go over allegations of inappropriate text messages. And above and beyond that, Ford has now shuffled his cabinet. So you've got Todd Smith taking over for Jim Wilson, who was one of his top ministers. And then you've got five other ministers also being shuffled. Michael Tabolo who has been shuffled out of community safety and into tourism. Sylvia Jones will step in for that. John Yakabuski out as transport minister. Ian Jeff Yurick will be swapping ministries with Yakabuski taking over natural resources. Now, I'm sure the premier will be asked about this in coming days, but what does this all mean? Let's bring in Jamie Elderton, who is a political commentator, has worked behind the scenes in politics, who would have an idea of the conversations going on. And now he's a principal over at Canaptus PR. He joins us now. So, Jamie, a, a very active time, let's just say, at Queen's Park. I don't think we uh, often see a cabinet shuffled in the first 129 days, but shuffled it is. And, and obviously there was a reason for it. Uh, yeah, I think this news came by surprise. I was at the Monk debate on Friday night when I got the email that was sent to media uh, announcing that Minister Wilson had resigned not only from caucus, uh, sorry, from cabinet, but also uh, from caucus. And I think if you look at how Premier Ford has reacted and acted in this circumstances, he uh, took the opportunity to do some minor adjustments to the rest of his cabinet to uh, put the best foot forward going forward. I think one of the things that comes out really crystal clear uh, from this is uh, to judge Premier Ford by his actions uh, rather than looking at all of his words. Uh, He's taken decisive action and has sent a message to uh, the rest of Cabinet and colleagues that uh, he means business and that they need to get to work in implementing the agenda they were elected on. Yeah, I mean, look, um, this happened Friday. Mr. Wilson was out touring the province with the Premier on Friday. And while, you know, we kind of early on said there's got to be more to this story, it was a shock to everyone that he stepped aside, you know, by dinner hour. And the bottom line is, I think it would have completely taken the premier's office by surprise because he would not have been near the premier had there been some issue brewing, correct? I think that's absolutely correct. If you look at what uh, your colleague Travis Danraj had to report today, uh, this clearly came to the premier's office. It's just to me anyways that this came to the premier's office attention very late in the day because uh, they would not want the premier in photos with him in a southwestern Ontario tour all day if they had any kind of hunch that this was coming down the tubes. Right. And so, ha- okay, but there's two complaints here. You've got the one involving Mr. Wilson, who is now said to be uh, getting some kind of rehabilitation. And then you've got the other complaint against uh, a staffer who's fairly high up in the premier's office because his job is to deal with issues. And yet here he is, an issue himself, accused of sexting um, female staff. And so it's a problem. 
Yeah, if we look at what uh, Travis had to report today, it sounds like both gentlemen uh, resigned upon being presented with the allegations. And I think one of the things that we look at in something like this, it's one thing to kind of hear the moral indignation and the, con the condemnation in these sorts of circumstances, but then it also means there were people that had the courage to come forward with allegations. Uh, it's clear that the Premier's office found there was enough substantiation to them to present them to them uh, and to ask for their resignations. Um, and there's also now, of course, the an anonymity of those who came forward. It's, uh, it, it's one thing for people who talk with you all the time, Alex, and do me on a regular basis to uh, step in front of the microphone, but it's another for those who spend most of their lives not talking to the media and to shield them from uh, that sort of circus that would ensue had the, if their identity is to be revealed is uh, something that we want to do as a society as we look at how we've reacted to the Me Too movement. And when people come forward, there needs to be a process in place. Uh, the Premier has acted swiftly, and his words in his statement has also shown that he is going to continue to make sure that the workplace is harassment-free and uh, is backing that up with very swift action. Yeah, and I understand there is some kind of investigation underway as well, but should he, come, should he have come out and spoken himself to the issue? I think that in the days ahead, obviously, Premier Ford is uh, not shy in talking to the media, so I have no doubt that uh, some of your colleagues will be able to put questions to him in the, in the days ahead. Um, and there's also just the, the speed at which these things develop. We talked about how Minister Wilson was with the Premier all day on Friday, uh, and that this was released uh, in the 6 or 7 o'clock hour on Friday night. So there's the kind of first action of kind of remove the problem and address it swiftly. Uh, the the hindsight being 2020 and looking procedurally and kind of uh, systematically as to how, what process and uh, what steps you take and who says what and when, I think we can always uh, revisit that. But I think the message that comes clear aloud from the Premier in this is that he's not going to uh, tolerate misconduct uh, from his cabinet or from his staff. And uh, those working still in government can expect to have a harassment-free environment to do their jobs. Assuming, however, that there's no drip drip. I mean, if we hear something else, then this thing, and I don't think the opposition's going to kind of let go of this. I think they'll push it carefully because of the other, there's not a political party that has not been affected by something like this. So I think they'll be cautious. But again, if you, if you kind of have these drip drips uh, that keep coming out, at some point the narrative will turn to a government in chaos. I think that's fair, and I think they'll also look as to kind of start asking questions as to who knew what when. Uh, if you look at kind of crisis communications response times, they, you look at putting out a statement that shows you are being responsive, and if it looks like there's an attempt at a cover-up, uh, that's not going to uh, pass muster in the, in the public realm. Uh, and that's why I think you're going to see the opposition, to your point, uh, hone in on those. Uh, the government is looking to ultimately uh, put this issue behind it. Mm -hmm. It's looking to focus on its mandate. Uh, the government of Ontario is a large entity. Uh, it can walk and chew gum at the same time. So while this HR process uh, and who knows what other processes are involved, uh, we heard Minister McLeod today say a third-party investigation is underway. So while that's running in parallel, the government still has a government to run. Uh, they were ac elected on a rather active agenda. Uh, the Premier has shown he's willing to take decisive decisions. And if you look at the broader calibration of his cabinet uh, in the minor shuffle that ensued uh, as a result of Minister Wilson's resignation, uh, he's sending the message loud and clear that he means business and uh, is not afraid to act. Yeah, because Todd Smith will take over for him. I mean, Jim Wilson is a loss, no, no matter what. He's got a lot of experience. He was senior and he was also leading the charge on things like labor reforms. He was dealing with a lot of trade issues. 
But uh, Todd Smith has experience as well, albeit not quite as much. And then there have been five other ministers also shuffled. Uh, one of those being Michael Tobolo, who somewhat shocked a little bit when he got uh, corrections and safety as his uh, portfolio, um, being that he had no experience. But none the, nonetheless, allegations have been brought up by someone against someone in his office about a long time ago, uh, Ponzi scheme and the connections. And I don't have the, you know, the I's dotted and the T's crossed on that. But nonetheless, that has become a problem for Michael Tobolo, and he has been shuffled out of community safety and into tourism. Yeah, no doubt that is clearly a demotion. Uh, the minister in charge for public safety oversees a lot more than the minister responsible for tourism. Uh, and I think it goes to show the confidence the premier has in Minister Jones, uh, who's been a very effective communicator for the government in these early days, uh, and also has a long experience uh, at Queen's Park uh, to help uh, steer that new portfolio. Minister Tobolo, I think, is uh, probably lucky to still be in cabinet based on the allegations and the reports that came But let me stop you there. Then why would he be? Because if there's any doubt at all, and Mr. Ford just the other day was saying, I 1,000% support Mr. Tobolo. If there was any doubt at all, why not just get rid of him? Uh, well, I've actually uh, read the report that uh, Queen's Park Briefing put out in regards to his proximity and relationships to a Ponzi scheme. Uh, it, it does not sound like he was the one running such a thing, and I'm not trying to uh, mount his defense. Uh, but there's there's clearly some nuance there that uh, has been flushed out. Uh, it, it, it sounds like the Premier's office has confidence uh, in Minister Tubolo to serve in a different capacity going forward, and uh, hopefully he will do so uh, in the interest of all Ontarians. But I think if you look at where the opposition was going to go on this, especially as Minister for Public Safety and the relationship you would have with the police services and, mm -hmm. and whatnot in that kind of capacity. Uh, they didn't want even the perception of a conflict of interest. And so as a political management, uh, they moved them out. Right. And so is the chapter closed on this or do you get the sense that this just kind of, you know, this is just the beginning? It's uh, probably too soon to say. If you look at the rate at which the news cycle moves these days yeah. and all the other news going on, uh, Friday morning it sounded like the Minister Tobolo story was going to be the dominant story coming out of Queen's Park. And look where we were at dinner time. Uh, we have what's going on in south of the border right now with the U.S. midterm election mm -hmm. tomorrow. Uh, a lot going on federally as well. And so the kind of busyness going on in the news cycle of political stories uh, probably helps uh, create a kind of a white noise effect uh, that's going to benefit Minister Tobolo in this kind of early next days. Uh, I think, as always, with these sorts of stories, is if there's another shoe to drop yeah. uh, and it looks like there's some kind of cover-up going on, that's ultimately uh, the, trying to avoid accountability and trying to cover up is often uh, worse than the initial. Yep. Uh, the initial accusation or the initial story. Yeah, the cover-up's cover always worse than the crime. Well, we'll see what happens, but again, it was a, a fast-moving story, fast-moving response, and um, we'll see what he says in the coming days. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Alex. That is Jamie Ellerton joining us tonight. We'll keep an eye on that. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.